0: This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome aboard, everybody. Good to have your company again. For 16 years on radio, I've been talking about health issues. And vaccination has been something, even in a pre-COVID environment, uh. For years and years and years, I was talking about the various vaccines that are available, how they help combat you know, problems that can emerge, how they can help build herd immunity, how you're not just protecting yourself, you're protecting others as well. And there's a host of you know wonderful vaccines that have very strong research and evidence behind them and have decades of utilization in some cases, right? But I think we a lot of us also have to break out of our mindset. We might think, oh, we're settled. We took our vaccines when we were a baby, right? All settled. Or you might think, okay, the next time I need a vaccine is when I'm older, after the age of 50, and my doctor will tell me about it, maybe. Well, we got to change that mindset a little bit. And today's show is one step in that direction. In particular, we're zooming in on the teenager. Your teenager. Would he or she need to consider doing a vaccination? Is it necessary? Finding out more as I speak to Dr Lim Hui Ling, who is Medical Director at International Medical Clinic. Dr Lim, welcome aboard. Hi.
1: Hello, good afternoon. Thanks for having me.
0: So, most of us, I think are still stuck in the mindset that our you immunisation settled, government sorted for me already. As a baby, I took them all, I didn't feel them, and I'm covered for life. What is our immunisation schedule in Singapore roughly structured into?
1: Well, actually... Um for most Singaporeans, that might be true if they go to a local school. So, um, from babyhood, um, there will be um, the childhood vaccines um, that you finish quite a lot of them before the age of one. So the usual DTP, polio, uh, haemophilus influenza, pneumococcal, and then um, at uh, school age, um, there are a few other vaccines that are given um, in primary school. Uh, at the, at the primary school age, at ten to eleven, there will be DTP and polio vaccines. And then at 12 to 13 and 13 to 14 years old, it's recommended uh, in the Singapore schedule for girls to receive HPV vaccination, which is the human papillomavirus mm. vaccine, um, meant to protect against cancer of the cervix and other types of genital cancers. Um, this, we are a little bit behind compared to other countries in which both boys and girls are vaccinated against HPV.
0: Yes, that's right. In place like Australia, it's already rolled out for the whole country, correct, for example? For a
1: long time. Um, so in, in my clinic, we are international clinic, so our, our patients don't have vaccinations in schools and they tend to follow their home country schedules. And uh, in uh, 2007 already, HPV vaccine was rolled out in Singapore, but it wasn't part of our vaccination schedule. Uh, but in Australia, they were giving it to boys and girls from 2009 onwards. So most of my patients um, will vaccinate their teenage boys and their teenage girls against HPV vaccine.
0: Yeah, building on that, I mean, there is evidence to show, for example, that a HPV vaccine can protect against things like genital warts and certain penile and anal cancers as well, right, I think?
1: That's right. So for boys, uh, there, there's anal cancers, uh, pre-cancers as well. It protects against genital warts. Um, so there are uh, advantages to vaccinating the boys as well as the girls. And of course, if we vaccinate the boys, they are less likely to pass the virus onto the ghost because HPV is a sexually transmitted virus. So bring that together
0: with the, what we are just talking about, the schedule of Singapore immunisation for teenagers. Are there recommendations for teenagers in particular?
1: Yes, yeah, so that would be the Diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, which is whooping cough, and polio vaccine. I don't That's- remember
0: taking any of those. Dog? Are you sure?
1: <laughs> yes, uh, they they were given uh, in in uh, maybe I don't know if you guys old me, but, is- uh, in our time in primary school, it was given in primary six. They moved this on to uh, sorry they moved they gave it at six years old in primary one, but it's now been moved to primary five or six.
0: Oh. Around yes. the B- but then I remember thinking BCG. That's the only thing I yes, can remember thinking. That's
1: been removed from our Singapore schedule. That's no been taken. Some
0: things have been added, something have been taken out, huh? That's right. Okay. So most kids today will be having those recommendations at the teenage years and it will be covered if you're in the Singapore schooling system. Um it will be sorted in that regard. What is not part of it? What's excluded from the Singapore immunization schedule for teenagers?
1: Well, actually the Even if we go back to HPV um, The Singapore schedule actually just gives the HPV2 valent Which covers two uh, variants of the virus uh, Which is uh, HPV number 16 and number 18 There are actually over 100 uh, variations And then some um, would also give the HPV4 valent Which is number 6, 11, 16 and 18 So 16 and 18 cause 70% of the cancers Mm. 6 and 11 cause only genital warts, but they're not high risk. That means they don't cause cancers. Mm. But there's actually a 9-valent a, a vaccine which covers an extra 5 more um, strains of the HPV mm. Uh, and these, cause, uh, these are becoming more and more important as um, in other countries where they have been vaccinated against 16 and 18, uh, the other um, variants actually are becoming more and more important and causing cancers. So actually, we, I would recommend that people vaccinate their children against more than just the government given two or four valent, but then they should be using the nine valent.
0: Mm, interesting, okay so that's one thing that's not as part of the SG immunisation schedule No. What about all the other ones that we have heard about that now we're all taking because of COVID Like influenza vaccine and, yes. and all this other stuff I mean I, I, what, what, what comes of the SG immunisation schedule, great, covers a lot of the bases
1: mm-hmm. What
0: else should we consider as a teenager as well besides the HPV1 that you just described?
1: Well, uh, yes, as you mentioned, influenza. um, And um, in some countries, meningitis vaccines are given. Ah. Um, I would recommend this for uh, patients uh, who are going overseas to study or going to boarding school or... uh teenagers before they go off to university overseas because um, uh, it's not really a a huge problem in Singapore, so Mm. that's why it's not on our schedule. Uh, But a meningitis ACWY vaccine as well as a meningitis B vaccine would be recommended for those who are going overseas to study.
0: Why vaccinate a teenager? That's my big question for today because a lot of people assume that it was covered at birth and the next time you'll need it is when you're a much older adult. Why at this particular time frame?
1: Um, As we know from the COVID vaccines, the vaccine doesn't last forever. COVID vaccines, you have to do it every six months or so. So for the DTP vaccine, the last time most Singaporeans would have had it was at 18 months old. So around 10 years later, uh, we would lose our immunity to uh, the pertussis, which is whooping cough, also known as 100-day cough. That's very unpleasant to have. Diphtheria, as well as uh, tetanus. So that's why it's given again as a booster at 10 to 11 years old. So this dose is actually half the dose of what's given to the babies Um, and it just makes your uh, immunity just remember how to fight these three diseases. Uh, Similarly for polio, um, the last dose was given at 18 months so the next dose is given 10 years later at 10 to 11 years old.
0: And that brings up another important point for me. I think a lot of people assume that a vaccine is for life but that is not the case there are those that need either the top-ups or that wear off yeah
1: yeah there are some that need top-ups and some are truly for life like if you completed your measles mumps and rubella vaccinations had two doses as a toddler um, in our schedule, it's 12, to, uh, 12 months and 15 months old, then you never need it again. You're cons- you you actually um, keep that Im- immunity for life. That's a live vaccine. Similarly for the chicken pox vaccine, it's usually given as a toddler and you never need it again.
0: Hmm. Actually, I uh, just had but- a WhatsApp question from one of my listeners. I'm going to end off with this mm-hmm. one for this segment. Okay. This person asks, how come we don't give the BCG anymore? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's been taken off. And a lot of us, it was a trial by passage for a lot of us. How come we don't take it anymore?
1: Well, actually, they've weighed the risk and benefit ratio. And they found that, the, you know, it's not that fantastic a vaccine. It uh, protects about, against about um, approximately 50% uh, protection against uh, TB that's disseminated. That means out of the lungs around the body. Uh, So we give it to the babies when they're born, but they found that there's no benefit giving it to teenagers anymore, and that's why it's been removed, which is nice for most of us because most of us have ugly BCG scars. Yes.
0: (laughs) You always know what generation you're from if you have that keloid scar. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I was one of those lucky few that you know you do the the skin test or whatever, and then didn't need to take so didn't need to take so no scar. Thanks for the question at 11938 one one nine three eight. I'll be back with my guest, Dr. Lim hue Ling, medical director at International Medical Clinic. Vaccination for teenagers: how necessary is it? We're learning quite a bit. Stay tuned. Now. Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Back on Health Matters right here on CNA 938, exploring the concept of vaccination for. Teenagers. So now we understand what happens in terms of the recommendations that the Singapore Immunisation Schedule recommends for Singaporeans, or what's been excluded from the immunisation schedule and what else you can consider. Let's talk about the big question. We've understood why vaccinate teenagers and how that timing is necessary. Let's continue my chat with Dr Lim Hui Ling, Medical Director at the International Medical Clinic here on Health Matters. Dr Lim, let's talk about, I think, the big question on the minds of many of my listeners, which would be the safety aspects here. Would it really be safe? I mean, they're growing, they're still developing, puberty is happening. Would vaccines be safe in general for a teenager?
1: It's definitely very safe. Um, And actually, teenagers are at the peak of their health. Um, It's all downhill um, from there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They are, and as as I said before, actually the dose of the vaccine that they are getting is actually half the dose of what we give to babies, which are maybe um, one tenth of their size. Um, So the babies get the full dose because those are the primary causes, and then when we vaccinate the teenagers with DTP and polio, it's just a booster, it's just a tiny little amount to remind their immune systems that these diseases exist and to just boost their immunity to be able to recognize and fight these diseases. So definitely the pros outweigh the cons. Um, the vaccines are very safe um, and uh, the reactions are usually just very localized reactions, if any. I mean, with any injection, of course, there's pain, um, there may be swelling of the arm, there may be some redness. um some patients don't like needles and will feel a little bit faint because sure. of that. We just have to observe them um, and you know, make sure that uh, we are, uh, you know they are well before we let them go out of the clinic. Um, and uh, there the are very, very few other um, ab, uh, major adverse reactions. These vaccines have been used for years, um, many, many, many decades. So uh, they are very safe vaccines. There's nothing to worry about.
0: Some are newer though. I mean, so yeah, I agree. Many have been around for a very long time, but things like HPV, what, 10, 15 years ago? Still um, quite a long time though, right?
1: 2007. That's when 2007. Uh, Singapore actually um, approved the HPV vaccine. So it's been ar- around, you know well, almost um, 15 years now. That's
0: true. And that's more than enough in terms of data, in terms of numbers that we've seen around the world. Definitely. So that's interesting.
1: Millions and millions of doses have been given. I mean, WHO is aiming for um, at least 90% coverage of all teenagers in the whole world. Um, with HPV vaccine.
0: See, that's, di- that's the big difference. So many of the other vaccines you've been talking to me, the tetanus, the, mm. the pneumococcal, I mean, that's great because it's in terms of preventing diseases that might emerge later on. You take your chicken pox when you're a younger person. You, uh, maybe you take a shingles vaccine as an older person. It's about specific diseases. But, mm-hmm. but HPV is like, you could reduce, we're seeing the reduction rates of cancer as a yes. result of it. That's, that's something else altogether. It's
1: quite exciting, isn't it? That we can actually prevent cancers. Um, by just giving uh, a few doses of a vaccine. Um, And HPV is something that you can catch um, as soon as you become sexually active. And that's why we want to give it to teenagers because um, we're hopefully getting them before they become sexually active. It's a little late to be giving it to them after they've become sexually active. They may already have picked up one of the strains. Of course, um, there are um, four to nine strains in the vaccine, so we can still protect them against the other strains, so we wouldn't wouldn't still give it to them. But um, if we get the um, teenagers while they are younger, before the the start of sexual activity, then we have a good chance of uh, actually reducing the rate of uh, cancers um, so in those countries, have done the studies at school-based vaccination, 90% reduction in the uh, rate of uh, uh, vaccine-associated cancers. So that's that's great. And you know we are all talking about a complicated treatment of cancer and all that, but this is so simple, so relatively cheap, and so universal. So you know we should be doing it.
0: More Dr Lim in just a moment. Vaccination for teenagers. Stay tuned. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome back to Health Matters Retro on CNA 938 Vaccination for Teenagers. Here's the thing, Dr. Lim. Teenagers don't have medicine teenagers don't have awareness of being able to take these i mean so obviously those that are recommended by the school or those that are done by the singapore system great all sorted of. one day you go for class then your teacher today tomorrow i must turn up okay 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 go, go. done 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 but for all the other recommendations right a teen's not gonna know to be able to do this what's your experience in the clinic how is it done are parents bringing their teenagers in should you go along with them for the vaccination what's your recommendation here
1: Definitely parents should play an active part in the teenagers' vaccinations uh, and uh, they should be the ones that help to make the decisions. You know, Some teenagers may be afraid of pain and things like that. Parents are the ones that are ultimately going to pay for it, um, either through their medi or out-of-pocket. And uh, parents are the ones who actually will be the ones who have to give consent for these vaccinations we don't just grab a teenager and, and jab, jab them we, we <laughs> need their parents consent yeah. so you always should go along a teenager can't
0: teacher. provide their own consent huh no okay so obviously parents are part of the process you're chatting about your kid in some cases maybe you can take it with your kid as well uh, depending mm. on whether or not you've been vaccinated for it as well it could be exactly. a nice little health practice for the whole
1: family. Exactly, exactly. Because sometimes, um, you know, parents bring their teenagers in and then I turn to them and say, how about you? Have you had your flu vaccine? And they're like, oh, um, you, you know, okay, I'll have it too, you know. And they don't want to look scared in front of their, their children. Yeah.
0: Oh dear, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Still applies sometimes, huh? Yeah, that's so, right. Are, on, the, on the flip side, uh, Dr Lim, are there vaccinations that a teenager should not have?
1: Um, Offhand i can 't think of any vaccine that the teenagers should not have. There are some vaccines that are licensed uh, for eighteen and above uh, because the studies have only been done, like the, a new pneumonia vaccine, for example, but it 's not really that they should not have uh, it 's just that no studies have been done yet
0: Ah, okay, can do so because you know how these parents are always thinking like well, this affects their Behaviour, learning abilities or, or ability to have family in future, those are the worrying side effects, right, that people are worried about?
1: Yeah, n- none of those are true. Um, and all the um, stuff about you know learning problems and all that, all those have been debunked long ago. Um, so, there are, I, I don't see any downsides. Um, and the, like I said, the adverse effects are only very short term just a few days of a bit of pain and swelling in the arm usually and sometimes not even that.
0: Final point before I let you go, timing, timing, timing and scheduling. We're taking a lot of vaccines nowadays. Like I have always taken influenza vaccine every year. That's just been my go-to. That's my practice. Good for you, Daniel. For a long time, no problem, easy, I love it um, At the same time, we've all been taking the COVID vaccines Now we're all super familiar with that on a regular mm-hmm. basis And then now my listeners might think to themselves ah, Now Daniel is telling me to speak to my doctor And then my kid might have to go like what? Every quarter to take some vaccine or something like that How should we be scheduling, spacing it apart? What would our doctor recommend in regard to this?
1: Well actually there aren't that many that you have to take as a teenager It's just one round of BPP polio and then um, two doses. Uh, if you if you have your HPV vaccine young enough before the age of fourteen, you just need two doses of it. If you exceed the age of fourteen, you will need three doses of it, and that's it for Singapore schedule. And nice. the flu vaccine every year, and your COVID vaccines. You know, for teenagers, if you have had your uh, COVID vaccine, you know, vaccine the boosters, and uh, you've even caught COVID, currently there's no recommendation to keep going back. Mm.
0: And then fun, some of them, you really must finish the cycle. Huh? If not, it's no effect. Huh? Like, does that apply to things like Hep B, hep HPV, things That's like that? That's right.
1: So Hep B is three doses. Um, hep, uh, there's Hepatitis A as well, which we use for travel, which is two doses. Um, measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox, those are two doses. And uh, HPV is either two or three doses. Got it. So, and if you don't... Uh, you get- some, you know, get some reaction, some immunity, not very long-lived with your first dose. When you get your second dose, your immunity is boosted. It becomes more long-lasting and it's actually, it's been shown to be lifelong protection.
0: Ah, look at that. And if your kid misses it or something like that, have to start all over again, uh, the
1: cycle? No, you don't have to start all over again. Actually, if we can, uh, we have documentation to prove that you had your first dose. No matter how late it is, we don't usually restart the vaccination course. We just go, go from where you left off. So if you're late for your number two, we'll just do number three five months later. From Even if it's 10 years ago for hep B, we'll still do number two and then number three.
0: This is fascinating. Dr Lim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for opening our eyes to the importance of this. Appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Daniel.
0: The issue and the case for vaccination for teenagers. That's what I've been discussing on today's Health Matters with Dr. Lim Hui Ling, who's medical director out of International Medical Clinic. Now, if you want to download more Health Matters podcasts, head on over to cna.asia slash listen or search for Health Matters CNA on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.